The Real Money Show, the numbers you need to know, one 1711 or direct contact info or number, rather, Monday to Friday, one 877 silver guildhallwealth.com. In studio, we have Paul Wiseman, President, Vice President Jeremy Wiseman, and we have Nicole Snipman, the Queen of Diamonds, in studio today. Nicole, let's go right to you. What do you say? Start. We'll start with diamonds this week, because we love them so much. How was the, uh, how was the tender? The tender was exciting. Um, for those who aren't aware what the tender is, we yeah. always talk about it, the tender, the tender. It's uh, the Argyle Mine in Western Australia. Each year they host a tender, which is by invitation only. It's a very exclusive event where they take, um, usually it's a teaspoonful of the most exceptional diamonds from the mine. This year it was a little more than a teaspoon. It was 64 diamonds and it included nine um, red diamonds, which was which was uh, very, very rare for them. But uh, it was very, very interesting because the prices went for 35% more than they did last year. And they accounted this for more investor demand. More bidders were there than ever. So there's definitely a growing awareness and demand for these diamonds. So uh, there were also some records that were broken. So the highlights included a 1.56-carat fancy red diamond, and it was called the Argyle Phoenix, and it achieved the, achieved the highest per-carat price for diamond ever produced from the mine. So that was a record. And then there was the Argyle Dauphine, which is a 2.51-carat fancy deep pink, and it broke the record for the highest price ever paid for an Argyle diamond in overall value. And it achieved a world record price for fancy deep pink diamond. So records were broken, and it was very, very exciting. We actually have a report of the results. You can get the report, and we have three videos which explain investor sentiment as well as uh, explaining a little bit more about the diamonds at the The at interesting the thing, though, the, on this tender, um, normally it's about 2-3% go to the Orient. This year, the tender bidding was 25% came from... China and Japan. So that's the reason that the prices were accelerated and they were up as much as 35%. Uh, last year we won three stones through our partners uh, in New York of tender stones. This year I bid on two stones and didn't okay. actually, I bid 30% more than I did last year and didn't even come anywhere near. So we know the rates were up 35 to 40% on some of these tender stones, especially the VS quality. And that's what we tend to sell in Argyle Pinks is VS. And there were only 11 VS diamonds in the whole tender. And because they went for such crazy prices, we were outbid, unfortunately. But we also always look for good pricing from our dealers and our partners so that we can pass that on to our clients. So we're not going to overpay just to get right. caught up in the hype because then our clients won't see the reward if we do that. What's with the overall, the, it almost seems like a new hunger for, for colored diamonds in Asia. Like Absolutely. You said. With emerging markets, yeah. there is a hunger. And they not only do they understand color diamonds but they want to know everything about color diamonds they want to know as much as you know we do they want to know about proportions they want to know about the symmetry it's more than just the beauty but they want to know all aspects and of course the investment potential but there's a really really interesting report that just came out um it's an industry report and it's it's based on color diamonds versus white diamonds and i just wanted to kind of go over some of the highlights for our audience because i think it's very important you hear us always talking about the demand and the supply and what how they're increasing. So this report just came out and it said that um, more buyers around the world are looking for color diamonds with diminishing supply and prices for pink diamonds are up 30% from a year ago. That's pinks. And pinks are really, especially argyle pinks, are really a niche within the niche market of color diamonds. And then intense and vivid yellows, this was really surprising, are up 35%. Now, we always say they're going up 12%, right. and we're very conservative. So for industry experts to say that they're they're going up 35% per year is very it's astonishing. And then for less quality yellows, which we don't even touch, they're going up 10% per year. So that's really incredible. And then we've got fancy blue diamonds. And we try to sell intenses, vivids, but we do offer fancies as well. And they've increased... 35% over two years, and that's for fancies. Wow. So it's really incredible what's happening with color diamonds and the awareness that's going on because it's always been very exclusive, kind of a secretive club, and there's just huge investor demand. And we can see the prices jumping. You know, what Nicole was telling you about is an insider report that we mm -hmm. get information constantly every week 
you know, we get information about natural fancy colored diamonds. It's very important to understand when you're buying a natural fancy colored diamond, they're talking about vivids going up 35% in one year. These are stones of over one carat internally flawless. That's what we sell. That's what we get our clients to invest in. We're not trying to sell you a half carat or a quarter carat in a yellow. You have to buy a carat and above. Jeremy, you want to add something to that? Well, uh, you know, what, what we've noticed over the years is that it's a, it is a very new market for a lot of people. What we notice is that those who have come to purchase diamonds with Guildhall tend to buy multiple. Once, they, once they've got in, once they learn, get a taste for it. they get a taste for it. They're really happy with the results. Clearly, um, you know, we underscore the results and, and articles like this show that, that the, the prices are increasing constantly. But we do notice that people are, they need to learn before they get in. Uh, it is, in some cases, a large purchase, just like you would with real estate. There are two two tier markets in in some ways. There 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 is the entry level where you can buy a fancy yellow for about twelve thousand um, dollars. You can move all the way up into million dollar diamonds, which would be again this is this is like real estate in in a sense, although it is real estate in your pocket. But one of the things that really uh, is distinct for Guildhall is that we only focus on very, very high quality. So you don't have to try to find which one is good, which one, you know, try to find that diamond in a rough, if they're you will, good. where they're all good. Right. We've, we've staked our claim. We purchased those diamonds. We, we have skin in the game. We're, we're, all, we're investing in them, and then we're going to pass that on to you. So uh, definitely give us a call. We'll, we'll walk you through it. We'll show you the basics that you need to know. And then all one thing we just want to leave you with in, is that the knowledge that any diamond you pick subjectively, every single one of them is considered investment grade. one 877 and Monday to Friday during business hours. Direct contact is one eight seven seven eight silver Nicole. Um, I wanted to mention something that Jeremy was saying about a fancy diamond, a one-carat fancy you can get in for as low as $12,000. Now, with color diamond investing, there isn't an urgency the way there is uh, with gold and silver, the way Paul and Jeremy will talk about a little later, but... It do, they are going up so much, and even by the the uh, percentages that I've mentioned from this report, you know, thirty five percent up for intense and vivid diamonds. Well, that's going to trickle down even to fancy color diamonds. So a year ago, you could have bought a fancy one carat diamond for. 10,000. Now it's 12,000. So the urgency isn't necessarily that you're watching it like a stock. But if you were watching some diamonds on our website and you were thinking about it and thinking about it, please know that they're going up all the time because of the supply and demand fundamental situation that we've got. And even so, because of this tender where diamonds were went up 35%, that is going to push prices for colored diamonds across the board up. We're going to start to see the trickle-down effect start happening over the next several months. And come the new year, prices for colored diamonds will go up. And we, as a result, will be having a lot of our diamonds reappraised. So any fancy diamonds that you might be looking at for $12,000, again, you could have purchased it for 10000 a year ago, might be up a little bit more. So that is the urgency. You want to get your pricing in order. And it is strictly a supply-demand market. You know, the the fact that the tender diamonds are up 35% just shows that's what the market's willing to bear. So in, in great times, 35%. I think the lowest we've seen on a tender diamond is, is around 30%. So wow. it's not that big a surprise. But a lot of the times people who, whether it's dealers, whether it's it's investors, the problem they have when it comes time to sell, which is why you have this supply-demand um, fundamental so good for diamonds, is that... When you sell a diamond that you know is constantly going up in value, you now have to go out and you're naked with that cash. You now have to go put it into something that's going to do as well. Right. And that's a dilemma that anyone who owns a diamond is going to have. Imagine owning a group of seven painting and every year you know that's worth more. Do you sell it? Now you've got the cash. You're always going to chase after it again. So luckily someone like uh, Lawrence Graff, for instance, who's sold major diamonds at auction and bought them back a few years later, luckily he's got partners and is, is willing to buy it again later on at the higher price. But for everyone else like our like ourselves... Once you buy that diamond, you, you really want to hold on to it because it's difficult when you let go. At Guildhall Diamonds as well, we try to create a secondary market. Now, every diamond that I purchase is a diamond that I would buy myself. I'm not buying it uh, because if the price is right or the color is right or whatever. Everything about that diamond has to be true, whether it's the color, has to be a great color, the clarity, 
you know, whether it's yellows, it's internally flawless. In pinks, we normally go for VS quality and above. Uh, blues, we normally sell IF and above. It's about, it's like real estate. It's location, location, location. It has to be the best. You know, if you can, you can buy a home somewhere for 300000 and you can buy a, a home for $3 million. Normally, what goes up the better is the home for $3 million because there's more people fighting for that product. And it's a fact of life. So when we buy a diamond, we're looking for the secondary market. Somewhere down the road, we tell our clients, you need to hold this five years, 10 years, 15 years. If you're looking to retire, if you're looking to put your kids through university, this is the perfect investment because natural fancy color diamonds tend to go up in price an average of about 20% a year. This is for high quality diamonds, diamonds that have fire, diamonds that scintillate diamonds. You know, the diamond picks you when you want to buy it. You don't pick the diamond. The diamond picks you. But we create a secondary market. Every diamond that I buy, somewhere down the road, I'm happy to take that diamond back because the supply is getting smaller and smaller. And people, from again, from the Orient uh, and Asia are looking to buy this product. They want to get their hands on it. There's more millionaires and billionaires being every day in China than there is in Canada or the U.S. So, you know, this is a market, as I said, we're really excited about. Nicole's, again, this insider report, Nicole, you've got some information that's incredible. Well, one of the things that I wanted to address, which is in this report, and is I'm always anticipating what people are thinking, and we're always talking about how incredible this investment is. And for those of you that are thinking, well, if it sounds too good to be true, you know, what's the catch? There is no catch. And one of the things in the in the um, report was, is there a bubble for color diamonds? So I'm just going to read a little portion of this just to answer that question that many of you might be wondering. So um, the outlook for color diamonds remains positive, and many of the insiders are dismissing the notion that color diamonds will be in a bubble and eventually burst. So they, they're justifying that dealers have shifted to this market for a reason and can Continue to compete for an ever-dwindling supply of goods. Prices have increased due to consumer demand and not speculation, and that's very important. Now, they also go on to say that nothing is completely bubble-resistant, but for now, consumers are looking for something unusual and exciting with real value at a time when low interest rates continue to drive the wealthy to invest in collectible connoisseur items. In such an environment, colored diamonds surely make the grade and are likely to outperform other assets in the short term. For now, the colored dark color market remains the one bright spot of real growth in an otherwise stagnant diamond industry. And it's especially important to note that while we've received economic downturns, for instance, the crisis of 2008, color diamonds not only remained stable, but they went up in value. Records were smashed at auctions. For the last 10 years alone, color diamond prices continue to escalate. It's very exciting. Please do not think about a potential bubble. It does not exist. This is the safest, safest, smartest, most beautiful, lucrative asset that you can possibly make. If you want any more information, please don't hesitate to call us and we'll walk you through it. We'll take a short break. The number is to call 1-877-214-1711 and direct contact Monday to Friday, one 877 silver And uh, while we take a break, head over to guildhallwealth.com and sign up for the Precious Metals Advisor free subscription to Guildhall's premier market newsletter. And more of The Real Money Show, talking diamonds, the uh, number you want to call, one 1711 Monday to Friday during business hours. Direct contact is one 8 silver and guildhallwealth.com. Paul, you mentioned this in the past, that every time you go to Guildhall and buy a fancy colored diamond, uh, it comes with a certain amount of certification with your Nicole, purchase. I guess you could address that uh, as well as anybody, that being a GIA graduate. Absolutely. We, every single one of our diamonds have been graded by GIA, which is the Gemological Institute of America, and they're the foremost authority, the world's foremost authority on diamond grading. So we only go with GIA. And you will get a GIA grading report, which tells you all of the information about your diamond. There's certain grading criteria. Many of you have heard of the four C's. The four C's are your cut, your color, your clarity, and your carat weight, and it will tell you all that information, including the symmetry, the fluorescence, the polish. There's also a plot on on the grading report, and it will give you all the dimensions for your diamond, as well as showing you if there are any clarity uh, valuations, any clarity marks on the diamond. Everything will be there. We also provide an independent appraisal. Now, we use two companies now, and we're very happy to announce we're using two companies, and the reason is because Harold Weinstein, who we use, 
grading for color diamonds has become and appraisals have become so popular that they're busy now. So we like to get our, our appraisals in early, but everyone's backed up now because there's really only very few people in Toronto who even know about color diamonds and can, and can appraise them. So we're now using another appraiser as well. And this appraisal, appraisal is your replacement value. So if your, your diamond is lost or stolen, it will give you an, an indicator of how much it would be to replace that diamond. So you get those two reports with your diamond, and every single diamond on our website will show you the the independent appraisal and uh, grading report. You know, you uh, read from the article before the break about the increased demand in this hunger for colored diamonds. I was, I was reading some of it while we were uh, taking a break, and part of it here is interesting. It says a strong demand witness for colored diamonds at the auctions has filtered down to commercial goods as well. Dealers explain that the rarity enhances the investment appeal of colored diamonds and even among medium to lower end consumers. That's huge. Absolutely, that's huge. And it gives everybody an opportunity. And with companies like Guildhall, we're enabling everybody. So you don't have to be an ultra high net worth investor spending $40 million at an auction for a diamond. You can get into this this investment for, like we were talking about earlier, 12,000 up to a million plus. It really depends on your budget. Yeah, we don't challenge anybody's pocketbook. I mean, every meeting with Guildhall is strictly confidential. Um, you know, you come to our office, we sit down, we figure out a budget, we show you product. Every diamond on that website, go to guildhalldiamonds.com, we own. There's no bait and switch. Every diamond is available to you. As I said, we don't challenge your, your pocketbook, but we will help you pick a diamond we will explain with it, especially Nico. Nico is a GIA, you know, diamond graduate, a grading uh, diamond graduate. So she understands the diamonds. I mean, I pick just on basically my knowledge. I've been a collector. I understand the product. I know how to negotiate with my dealers and partners, mm-hmm. cutters and polishers. Uh, they come to us because we pay our bills. Um, they, you know, when a, when a cutter and polisher takes a rough diamond cuts and polishes, they want to get their money. They, they don't want to wait 90, 120, 180 days and sell it to a, a Tiffany's, a Cartier, or a Graf and wait for them to sell the diamond. Um, they come to us because they know we move merchandise. They're going to get paid straight away. They give us great prices. We pass these prices on to our clients. I have started to notice, we have all started to notice that colored diamonds are starting to make their way into, into jewelry stores. Um, I remember a few months back, Tiffany's was doing their, their re, doing a new flagship store on Bloor Street, and the whole outside was all colored diamonds. But uh, one of the things that you notice when you, you go into those stores and you kind of do a bit of research is that the, the, the diamonds aren't of the same quality that, we're, that we have. They're not necessarily internally flawless. They're probably down to VS. And they um, also have, you know, a tremendous more amount of overhead that cor- there's worked into these diamonds. Correct. So what, what they'll do is they'll, they'll, they'll sacrifice a, 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 a C here and there, one of the four Cs. Um, and obviously you're, you're paying retail. So one of the things that we've noticed from, from jewelry that we've created, and we have a great designer that we utilize, is um, when, you're, when you're picking a diamond that is internally flawless and has great symmetry and all of those things, when you put it into jewelry, there's something just spectacular about it. So you can really see it. And the other thing we've noticed when, when people do come to, to look at diamonds and, and choose a diamond is, Paul always says, it chooses them. They, they know it's subjective. It doesn't matter they're all great. Just pick one, and, and inevitably, someone will hold one for a little a little longer than the other, and we we know that that's the one for them, and it we help them to make to 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 realize that right. answer. And it's funny, men tend to choose the pinks, and women tend to pick yellows, and they always say to us, "Well, what's the difference? This is a half carat pink, and this is a two carat yellow, and it's the same price." Well, you know, size does matter in some cases, mm-hmm. and it's important, you know, if you're putting it into a piece of jewelry, you know, your two-carat diamond is going to look a little bit better than a half-carat pink. But the pinks are so rare, especially the argyle pinks. Uh, if you go to our website, you'll see some beautiful argyle pinks. We have a 0.53, a 0.59 intense. We've actually even got a 0.81 from last year's tender. Uh, that's a that's on the website, and I'm going to tell you something right now. We are going to be changing the price on that because we know the prices are up right. 35%. We have a 105 fancy VS2 pear-shaped pink that is absolutely stunning, and we have with it a 107 fancy internally flawless blue 
Um, there's actually a pair. It's male-female. It's a blue and a pink, two pear-shaped diamonds, and they're both stunning. But they're in the $300,000 range per diamond, and it's not doesn't meet everybody's pocketbook. But as Jeremy said, you can get started for $12,000. You take that stone in, you know, five years' time, it can easily be worth, you know, $24,000, $25,000, and in 10 years can be worth 50000 But when you get into a vivid, the vivid are extremely rare. It's like having a Lexus, a Mercedes, and a Ferrari. You know, the Ferrari, if you put that Ferrari away for a long time, it becomes something that people desire and want, especially if you don't use it, mm-hmm. don't have no mileage on it, doesn't have a scratch on it, it becomes a piece that becomes valuable. And that's the same thing with natural fancy color diamonds. There's fancy, there's intense and vivid. You know, you can buy an intent of fancy for 12000 The same one carat is about eighteen, twenty thousand 20000 in an intense. And when you go to a vivid, it doubles again to about $40,000, thirty-eight dollars to $40,000. So it's up to you. But this is an investment that stands the test of time. In, since they've been keeping records for the last 40 years, they've never gone down in price. And we do tend to increase in value approximately 20% every year. We have a calculator on our website. We've been very conservative. We put down 12% a year. We don't want to say something's going up 20. The insider report tells us that vivids are going up 35%. We're saying 12. So we're being pretty generous with and conservative in what we're saying. Go to our website, look at the diamonds, pick something out, give us a call, set up an appointment, get into the office, because I'm going to tell you, we are changing the prices. You know, we, I have to replace these diamonds, the Vivids. I'm going to be paying 35% more than I've got them up right now. So I'm not dumb. I wasn't born yesterday. You know, I just didn't come over on the boat. I'm putting the prices up. It's up to you. You want to make a great deal, come call us, make an appointment. one 877 and direct contact Monday to Friday. Another number, really easy, one 877 You know, Nicole... Um, Paul just mentioned the Argyle, and we should mention that the Argyle mine has got a lifeline. It's it not open forever. It does have a lifeline, exactly. Right? It's already been operating for almost 30 years, and it's going to be closing in 2020. So they have gone underground to mine. It was an open pit mine. They've gone underground, and they're really just mining for what's left. Argyle mine produces 90% of the world's pink diamonds. Wow. Sounds like a lot. Rio Tinto, it's, it's actually really out of a ton of ore that that's... That they mine, it's like a bucket, and out of that bucket, it's very few that are actually, it's one-tenth of one percent. Wow. And so it's really one-tenth of one percent of that bucket, and it's a small bucket. So they are very rare. And, of course, of that one-tenth one of one percent, that isn't to say that all of them are investment grade. So really it's a fraction a fraction of a percent that come out of the mine that are true investment grade. We have VS diamonds, and in in the Argyle world, especially for pinks, VS is the highest clarity that you can get. Each one of our diamonds, they're they're so spectacular. And and the amazing thing about Argyle diamonds is that they're a purplish pink, raspberry colors, strawberry colors, a very jewel tone color, and it's very it's very unique and um, that's what the Argyle mine is known for. So when the Argyle mine closes. You can still buy pure pinks in in Brazil and Africa around the world, but these are a very specific color that investors, connoisseurs want, and it's it's kind of the brand Argyle that people are clamoring for. And and also, if you think about it, every year Argyle's doing a tender of about sixty five diamonds over ten years. That's six hundred and fifty diamonds. You know, twenty World years. You're, yeah, yeah, twenty years. You're looking at thirteen hundred or so diamonds. It's the you know that's a that's a very small amount. And if you if you look at the VS quality of that, which is clearly about twenty percent or a quarter of that, you're looking at a, at a potential of in tender diamonds three hundred. It's crazy. And out of what can come available from the argyle mine that they can recut and create VS, you're probably looking at maybe another three, four, five hundred diamonds. So the fact that you can see that we carry on a regular basis VS quality diamonds shows you where we are in the industry how close in the industry you have to be to the cutters and polishers to but, get that type of but product. But when you're looking at a, an argyle pink, it's like looking at a great artist. You know, there's an original oil painting. I mean, there may be some lithos, signed lithos. There is hundreds and hundreds and thousands of prints you can, you know, in posters and books Everywhere. and whatever, but it's not an original and it's not a signed litho. That's the difference. The argyle mine produces, as Nicholas says, one-tenth of the world's production, or the mine's production 
is argyle pinks. I mean, you know, they produce whites and browns, and there's a lot of browns um, that are industrial diamonds. But the pinks are where you want to be. They are so rare. Even on, in blues, for every 112 Picassos that go into auction at Sotheby's or Christie's, there's only one blue diamond. And when I w- when you were asking me the question, John, I don't even know if I mentioned in my little ramble that the mine is closing in 2020. 20. So so that's six years left. And that if means you the think artist about, is dead, right? So <laughs> if you think about what's what's going to be left above ground to to sell and trade and collect. It's not going to be very much because investors and connoisseurs take those argyle diamonds, particularly tender diamonds, which are very few and far between, and they put them right to the back of the safe, and they're going to put them away for decades. So you're only going to have really what's coming out of the mine because anything that's already above ground, let's say, to recycle, is just going to be kept in in safes and vaults. It's no different to to savvy investors. Savvy investors collect baseball cards, you know, uh, collect postage stamps. They're philatelists. They understand there's rarity of something that is not. There's no longer going to be produced. You know, to create a, a, a diamond, a natural fancy colored diamond, it takes about three billion years. You know, you don't put it in a pot and turn it on and, and cook it and, and cook it and say we've got a diamond. It takes three billion years to even create this type of quality with nitrogen and hydrogen in these type of diamonds. And the rarity increases, I guess, with worldwide exposure and uh, popularity. Ten, you, you mentioned a decade ago, you never saw NBA stars and musicians walking on the red carpet no, with colored it was, diamonds. Now it they're was on really it. in the 90s, in the late 90s, when we saw celebrities really wearing them on the red carpet. And especially when Jennifer Lopez had her huge pink engagement ring early 2000s, that's when the world took notice. Right. And that's when it kind of took off in terms of a trend. But then it also had a lot of awareness on the investor side and especially when we saw world markets collapsing then people were turning to hard assets and turning to alternative investments and they saw the the huge rewards and then it really took off from there as and well. And you don't need JLo money to get started. That's you the don't. key, right? Exactly. You don't. The number 1877-214-1711 and direct contact Monday to Friday really easy number 18778silver guildhallwealth.com online and sign up for the Precious Metals Advisor free subscription to Guildhall's premier market newsletter. Gold and silver bullion. How do you get in on it? We'll do that next. And back with more of The Real Money Show, the contact numbers to start investing, one 214 and Monday to Friday, direct contact number is an easy one, one 8 silver You can go to guildhallwealth.com and guildhalldiamonds.com as well. Uh, we could talk about diamonds till we're blue in the face, or yellow or red for that matter. Uh, I want to wrap it up, Nicole. Uh, the Argyle wrap-up, tell us how... Uh, in, oh, People who are listening, if people want to invest, can get the information you were talking about. Sure. Just send us an email. You can send it to info at guildhallwealth.com or info at guildhalldiamonds.com or call us. And we have an Argyle wrap-up report as well as three great videos. So if you don't want to read it, you can listen straight from the source, from from uh, from Argyle, and you can learn more about the diamonds as well as investor sentiment. So great little videos. They're short sure. just to learn more. Gold and silver bullion, you guys also do well, very well. Jeremy, what uh, what happened this week? Well, as you know, last week we talked about a special that we had. Uh, that oh, we, that's right. We had some uh, bullion leaves. product that came in. We had some maple leaves. Yeah. Um, they all sold out very, very quickly. Kilo um, bars sold very quickly. Yeah, we uh, sold a few kilo bars, and uh, we have one monster box left um, of maples. And uh, we'll continue that sale for, for that. So if you're hearing, that's your only shot to, for that one uh, plug on, on that special. But it, as the week went, um, really busy, people really taking advantage. I think there's that sense that this debt ceiling was going to be resolved one way or another. I think a lot of, a lot of what you saw pricing-wise, whether it be the market going down or the market going up, it seems whichever one happens, there's always an answer for it. But it seemed like a lot of um, it was baked in the cake whether it was the stock market moving up or gold and silver moving down initially, then they came out, they said that they were going to raise it, and obviously gold and silver shot up. So uh, we know that that raising debt limit is not a good thing for fiat currency, and so we we definitely seen the, the prices move up. A lot of people knowing... It's 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 go time, you know. It's uh, it's time to make a move in this market, and we saw a lot of activity in physical buying, a lot of people buying into the depository this week. And one of the more exciting things we had happen this week is uh, one of our uh, very large clients came to the depository to what we like to say kiss and hug their their metal. 
So that was really exciting. Uh, you go through all the security and, and all of these things, and uh, they went to visit uh, their, their bullion. We had a huge skid. They let us into, into the, the room to do it because it was just too much bullion to bring out into the showing room because this wasn't a couple, a couple hundred ounces. This was, uh, this was over 10,000 10, ounces. 100 so. ounce bars. Yeah, the wonderful. Wow. The, the wonderful thing is, is, is our client was so excited. They said, "Okay, I get it now. I understand what this is all about. You don't go and buy bullion and put it in a safety deposit box where you've put it in the trunk of your car, you've driven it to the bank, you've put it in a safety deposit box or a vault at home. When the price moves, at some point it's going to move up. At some point it's going to come down. You don't want to wait for banking hours or go to your basement, pull it out of the vault." Let's lug it up the stairs like a dead body and put it into the trunk of the car. Now go to the bank or go wherever it is you're going to go to sell it. And by the way, use your crystal ball all the way along because you know when the price is going to come down or not. Look, we know that this is a secular bull market. There's a long way to go here, but there's logistics involved in physical bullion. And when you can see um, a thousand ounces, what it actually looks like and what it is to carry a 70-pound brick um, or division of or see a skid of 10,000 ounces of silver, it clicks in really quick what this is all about. This is about securing and storing and segregating your bullion. This is your, your asset that has no counterparty risk involved. If banks go on a holiday, doesn't matter. If banks put in capital controls, no problem. You can well, always take delivery of your... This week, a letter that J.P. Morgan sent out to every one of their business clients that had over $50,000. You got some info Yeah, that, th this was interesting because, you know, gold and gold and silver in the mainstream are not are, are Cinderella. No no one wants to know in the mainstream. Um, it's taken a long time for people to get onto CNBC to talk about gold and, and silver and for them to even entertain it um, to any degree. But what you do get is a lot of blogosphere stuff in, in silver and gold. And one of the articles that came out was that J.P. Morgan was, was putting capital controls. If you had $50,000, you couldn't do international wire transfers. Turns out, as we looked at it, even though it literally was capital controls, turns out what it was is, is J.P. Morgan was looking to get lower businesses to put more money into the bank and pay more fees and move up to the higher account level. So they're trying to yes. funnel their clients to get more money out of them. And that's actually on the heels of the fact that J.P. Morgan, for the first time in something like seven years or so, um, don't quote me on that, but it's been a long time. Sorry, since 2004, they had a quarter loss. And the reason they had a quarter loss is because they've had to put away something like $7.2 billion for litigation. So, you know, when a bank is crooked, eventually, if the, if the CFTC doesn't have the ability to go after them, you know, to me, it's, it's all starting to look like an episode of Boardwalk Empire. When, when, when the crooks have, the, have the, the police in their pocket, eventually they're civil suits. Eventually their, their clients are going are gonna to complain. And it looks like it's finally coming around to bite them in the, in the backside. And they're finally having to put away a ton of money to fight litigation because they have so many lawsuits against them for things that they've done. Ultimately, again, this all comes back to, do you want to be a part of a market where things can be manipulated? Owning gold and silver has no counterparty risk. You're simply purchasing an asset, protecting your wealth. And if you continue to buy month in, month out, you're building your wealth as well. So well, everyone at our firm holds it, owns it. We've had it. We've been here since 2002. And um, it, it, it helps you sleep at night knowing that you have that asset. We're recording this show Friday afternoon. It's uh, around about three quarter to three. Uh, silver's trading at twenty-two dollars. Gold is trading at thirteen hundred and seventeen dollars. Gold went down to as low as twelve eighty this week. Uh, actually, at the beginning of the week, uh, Friday last week, uh, they sold off. They tried to sell paper through the system, and they sold millions of ounces through paper contracts. For every seller, there's a buyer. For every winner, there's a loser. Somebody bought the gold at $1,270 or $1,280 and have made a sizable profit buying it. You have to remember a lot of these central banks that are buying up, especially out in China, where they're buying up these – when somebody's selling off, you don't put millions of ounces in the market. Anybody that's going to trade understands that you ladder in. This was a you know, specific smashdown. 
they didn't get away with it. Somebody bought it, and you know what? At the other end, they're saying, you know what? We'll take these contracts over, but when the contract is due, we want the product. We don't want to roll it over. We're going to take the product, and it's going to scare the living daylights out of some of these people because there's going to be a lot of short covering happening in, in, in the very near future. We're still having problems. Even we sell at Guildhall physical gold, silver, platinum, palladium. We don't sell equities. We don't sell certificates, ETFs, futures, or options on futures. We sell the physical product. When you drop a 100-ounce bar of silver, it makes a clang. When you drop a piece of paper, it doesn't. It's like dropping a feather. It doesn't make a sound. There's several ways you can open an account at Guildhall. Mm -hmm. If you want to buy physical product, you want to take immediate home delivery, it can be delivered to you or you can pick it up. You can open a depository account, which we are really excited about the depository because not only is it that you, it's segregated, it's, it's allocated, segregated, it's secure, uh, it's insured with Lloyds in London. It's an unbelievable way to buy the product. You buy 2,000 ounces of silver outright, you know, the market moves up. Well, let's say, you know, 20 ounces of gold. Gold moves up 20, 20, 30, $100, and you want to sell off five ounces. You can sell it off. Take the money. It's easy. It's, you can be done on a phone call. It's the most simplest way to trade. It's secure. If you want to take home 2,000 ounces of silver, it's 130 pounds. The insurance companies don't insure you for that if you're burying it in the back garden or under the mattress or putting it in the basement somewhere, hiding it. You, you know, if that's stolen from you, you can't put an insurance claim. It's like diamonds. It's $25 a thousand, give or take, to insure gold, silver, or diamonds. So, again, you can take home delivery if that's what you want to do, put it in a safe deposit box. 1,000-ounce bar of silver weighs 65 pounds. Looks like a big French, French loaf. It's a big box. It's heavy. And, you, you know, it takes some muscles to move it. You know, so you can do that. You can put it in our depository for easy liquidity. You can buy and sell on a phone call. We even offer collateralized financing where you can put up as little as 30% and finance 70%. So a quick example, today silver is $22. For you to buy that outright with commissions, it would be about $23,000 with all the opening fees. For you to double your money, it would have to go to $46,000 today. Take the same 1,000 ounces, you put up around about $8,000, $8,500. Silver moves up from $22 to $30, you've doubled your money. You've made $8,000. So 5,000 ounces, you're going to make $40,000. 10,000 ounces, you're going to make $80,000. It moves up $20. If you look at 2011, May 1st, silver was trading at $49. We're at $22 today. A smashdown again. Gold was trading at 1930. It's 1317. That's $600 to move to take out last year or two years higher. It's going to happen. I've been saying on this show, I think over the next 12 months, you could easily see $2,000 gold. I think you're going to see $55, $60 silver. That's my opinion. I'm sticking with it. Again, it's one of these things. It's better to be a month or two months too early than one day too late. You could have gone into silver at $18 when we were pitching and telling people at eighteen twenty it was an absolute steal. At $1,200 and change, gold was an absolute steal. We think it's got a long way to go. If you look at things that happen, you know, in World War II, they had ships going across the Atlantic delivering the salaries to the, to the armies. Mm -hmm. Those ships got sunk, five-pound notes. No one's diving for those paper five-pound notes. They're still diving for galleons off the coast of Florida and bringing up ingots, gold and silver. Guess what? And it's still worth millions and billions of dollars today. What does that tell you? Gold, silver is real money. One eight seven seven two one four seventeen eleven and direct contact Monday to Friday. One eight seven seven eight silver. Well, coming up in the next segment, I want to go over what it's going to, what it actually takes to mine gold and, and silver. What the supply looks like. Where where are the mining? What's the mining industry look like? I don't. I'm not a mining expert, but I can tell you in terms of what it what they're saying it costs to mine gold and silver these days. This is going to be a big factor whether or not you think that we've bottomed out here whether you think it's sustainable to keep the prices at, at this level and where you, can, where you can project where the prices are going to head. So stick with us. We're going to talk about the mining industry a little bit, what it takes to mine gold, what it costs, and where that potentially leaves us going forward. The, uh, 
The numbers to invest, one 1711 and the direct contact Monday to Friday business hours, one 8 silvers Just that simple. Online at guildhallwealth.com or guildhalldiamonds.com. And while you're there, sign up for the Precious Metals Advisor, free subscription to Guildhall's premier market newsletter. The Real Money Show. The numbers to call, one 1711 and direct contact Monday to Friday business hours. Easy, one 8 silver one 8 silver uh, completely easy number. Guildhallwealth.com online and guildhalldiamonds.com. Uh, just before the break, uh, Jeremy Paul was talking about, uh, you know, bullion for every buyer, there's a seller. Yeah, you know, it's been really interesting. We were kind of talking a little bit earlier about the fact that the CFTC seems unwilling to to do things to, to battle what all this trouble that JP Morgan's getting into. They're not really heading it off at the pass. One of the things we've really started to see is a lot of hedge fund people, a lot of money managers, a lot of people uh, taking care of sovereign wealth funds have been getting onto CNBC and, and other uh, mainstream news outlets and saying, you know, when a massive order goes in on a Friday afternoon uh, for gold selling, it looks suspicious because no one wants to sell that amount clearly it's going to the bid the bid on that is going to be much much lower so you're basically trying to push the market down no one's saying that no one's you know throwing the flag up saying manipulation they're just saying that looks really weird and when everybody is starting to say it out loud it's becoming everyone knows on wall street what's going on but paul is 100% right someone is taking the other side of that trade and the people who are taking that other side of the trade are other sovereign wealth funds central banks um the chinese the japanese the south koreans the russians the brazilians you name the germans anyone looking to get bullion into their central bank to protect against what fiat money being printed all over the world so it's worth something and so there is a backside of that trade, which is someone's taking delivery of that physical metal, and that's ultimately putting a, a base into this market. And at the end of the day, they say those who own the gold make the rules. The key phone number is one eight seven seven two one four seventeen eleven and one eight seven seven eight silver Monday to Friday during business hours. You know, you, you've you've handed me some pretty interesting notes over the last couple of months doing the show. Uh, the one you just handed to me says, let's talk wallpaper. I have no idea what this is. Right. It should be boring, <laughs> right? <laughs> You'd think. I mean, unless we're painting your house or, or remodeling. Well, <laughs> you know, we uh, the, 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 the many years that we've been doing this show, we always talk about the usages for silver, whether it's silver in transition lenses, silver in cl- sports clothing to absorb the bacteria so it doesn't stink in your gym bag. This was one of the most interesting I'd seen. I know we also talked about the new uh, USB drives being made out of a little silver, so it's a lot smaller, et cetera. How about silver and wallpaper? And the reason they're doing that is because it's the only element in the table of elements that can block Wi-Fi. Come on. Yeah. So Snowden won't happen again. Government offices, uh, they are using it so that information can't get out. Like silver-lined wallpaper. Silver-lined wallpaper. That's total James Bond. Yeah. And in fact, I mean, the, that's not the only time they've started to use silver in, in construction. Silver is also used in wood as a preservative to stop wood from breaking down. Uh, they're also using it where there was copper piping. They're starting to use silver. I guess that's for electricity being pushed around. So yeah. there's a lot of usages for silver all over the place. This is a big one, especially for security reasons. And I think we're all kind of concerned about security with the Internet. So that's a huge new usage for silver. And it goes along with what we've, what we've been saying for a long time, which is there are more patents pending with the commodity of silver in it than any other element out there. So while anyone can say, well, the economy's soft, therefore industrially silver won't be used – Nuh-uh. It's in your iPad, it's in your cell phone, it's in your wallpaper. That's fascinating. Yeah. Absolutely fascinating. Well, again, in, in medical bandages, I mean, because silver doesn't contact, contract bacteria, uh, that's where that saying comes, born with a silver spoon in your mouth. It didn't, you know, contract bacteria. So it's, it's interesting, but there's a million reasons why you should buy gold and silver. The main reason today is it's underpriced. You know, Jeremy was talking about uh, J.P. Morgan, you know, put these limits on. It's like Cyprus. I mean, you know, if you had over 100,000 euros in the bank, they confiscated 20% of your wealth. Uh, If you had diamonds or gold or silver, they couldn't do it. Um, it, It's, you know, nothing has really changed. I mean, what went on in the U.S. 
uh, with this, you know, kicking the can right down the road with a budget. I mean, it's just delay, delay, delay. I mean, you cannot keep on delaying things without sooner or later you pay the piper. You know, you pay me now. They used to have an ad on TV. You pay me now, you pay me later. You're going to pay me later. Um, the kids, the grandkids, the future kids of the world, of, you know, the U.S. and Canada are paying, going to pay for this debt. You know, if you're an individual and you're maxed out on your credit cards, what happens? The smart person will say, I'm going to cut up my credit card. I won't buy anything on the credit card. I'll try to pay this debt down or let me try to, you know, negotiate a better rate with the bank or whatever. Businesses, if they can't pay suppliers, you know, you try to get a little bit longer terms, but you have to pay. Something happens. The U.S., all they want to do is screw everybody. I mean, literally screw everybody. You cannot carry on printing money. It's confiscating people's wealth. Why do you think they want you to be in the stock market? It's paper. Why do you think they don't want you to deal in cash anywhere? They want credit cards. Use credit card. Use this. Use a line. It's paper. People don't use money anymore. Crazy. Well, I think I think the whole thing comes down to a crisis of, of confidence. The question is, how long are people going to continue to have confidence in the fiat currency, in these institutions like J.P. Morgan, who's got multiple lawsuits against them? How how long? How much longer are people going to believe the sway in the mainstream media, where you know Goldman Sachs says? sell gold, and then you find out three weeks later that they were looking to buy it. Um, you know, how long is that going to happen? But, you know, there's more than one fundamental out there in terms of, well, just hedge against hedge against, uh, well, look at the ratio, uh, against stock market collapses and fiat currency. When you look at the supply, we said cu- coming in out of the last segment, you want to look at the supply of, of gold and silver. Right now, the main, the, the really big mining companies can, can mine silver for $15 or so. The main ones. The rest of them can do it at $19, $20. We're selling at 22 right now. So there is a very, very slim margin for a lot of those companies that are trying to make a buck in, in the mining industry. How long can they keep trying to sell at those low margins? Not very long. And when that starts to happen, and we've already seen it in the last couple of years with, with silver and gold, is mining operations are just shutting down. They're waiting till the market moves. They're going to need much, much higher sustained prices before they'll even say, okay, fine, we'll go into it. Because the last time they did it, market was running. They expanded, expanded, expanded. They thought the market would run, would just keep running. It didn't. They got caught with their, with their pants down in many respects. And now they're going to be, uh, they're going to be gun shy to get production going. And what we can see is that if you need silver to be $25 to really start making money on it, we're going to need sustained higher prices before these mining companies can come back online or these smaller marginal ones can really start to make money. So um, it it's supply and demand. It's supply and demand. And we've already been in a deficit for silver for decades. More silver has been used than is coming out of the ground, which means you're going to whatever stockpile there is. So it's ridiculous that the price is even low. It's ridiculous that people are waiting for a lower price to get in. <laughs> the funny thing is, you know, when you talk about gold or silver, on every TV show, they think everybody that collects gold and silver is a gold bug. We all got tins of spam and bottles of water and gas masks. That's not the case. I mean, you don't put 100% of your money into gold and silver. But let's, you know, I always, a couple of weeks ago, I was giving an example. Ten years ago, if you would have took $10,000, put it in a coffee can and buried it in the back garden or left mm-hmm. it in the house somewhere, you know, that 10000 would be about seven or $8,000 worth of buying power today. You know, silver 10 years ago was trading at, let's call it $4. Uh, you know, you'd have bought 2,500 ounces of silver. 2,500 ounces of silver today is worth $55,000 for that same $10,000. What is the better value? And I don't care about if there's people out there listening say, well, it was, you know, if you take this and compound it and do this and do that. All I know is 2,500 ounces is worth $55,000. Two years ago, uh, it was $49. It was worth $120,000. Yes, it's come off, but that 10000 is still worth 10000 with a buying power of about eight. So if you want to play catch-up, this is the great time at $22 to buy silver, gold at $1,300 and change. You're not going to do any damage. Don't put 100% of your money. Put 15 20% of your funds into something that's going to protect your hard-earned cash. Well, the, speaking on what Paul's just talking about, 
great article came out. They just printed a whole list of how silver and gold are have done since 2000 to September of 2013. So they're taking away the high of the market from a couple years ago and just comparing it to fiat currencies. And it's amazing. You want to know how silver's done yes. against uh, the Canadian dollar in, in the last, te- in the last uh, 13 years? 189%. So if you want to be in Canadian cash or silver, would you rather be up 189% right. or have lost that purchasing power? Chinese yuan, 200%. Let's let's go look for uh, the U.S. dollar here. U.S. dollar three hundred and six percent. Hello. Now these are sh- these are generally speaking stronger currencies. If you look at something like uh, Somalia or or Sri Lanka rupee, it's six hundred and fifty. So, you know, there th- it's an interesting thing to look at how a hard asset with a five thousand year history of of securing wealth has done against fiat currencies. I don't care what they say the inflation rate is. I don't care how much money they print or how much debt ceiling they have. Numbers like this, numbers like this don't lie. They I show you. Dollar. These are interesting facts. I mean, yep. you know, a guild hall, we only sell physical gold, silver, platinum, palladium. You can finance if you want to finance. You can take home delivery. You can open a depository account, which is safe, secure, allocated, segregated. Uh, we can even give you the numbers of the bars so that you, you know exactly where you are. Don't put all your money in gold and silver. Don't put all your money in, in diamonds. But put have anywhere from 15 to 25%, you will make money. Now, we are going to have some specials. Give us a call throughout the week because we're going to have uh, some product coming in, and we'll let you know what we have on special. But you have to give us a call, to get, and we'll let you know what, those, what that product is, whether it's maples or 100-ounce bars. And if you really want to get the, you know, an investor kit, learn all about investing in gold and silver, that's available to you. You can get our Precious Metal Advisor, which is our weekly report, brings you up to date with what's happening in the market. Uh, we have a couple of great videos on Argyle Diamonds and Diamonds in general. So go to info at guildhalldiamonds.com. Uh, the same thing, you can go to info at guildhallwealth.com. Call us, make an appointment, get into this investment. You will not be sorry. The number to call to start investing, like Paul said, get lots more information. There's two of them, one 214 and direct contact Monday to Friday, business hours. This one is really easy, one 8 silver And go to guildhallwealth.com. Catch old shows on iTunes. Just like Paul said, make sure you sign up for that Precious Metals Advisor. Free subscription to Guildhall's premier market newsletter. This has been The Real Money Show.